0: the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.
1: Right, I've got a new catchphrase I want to try out. Um, You dirty little bastard, Bob. What do you think of that?
2: Have you started this I've started. I've
1: started, yeah. I've started the podcast. Run
2: it past me again.
1: You dirty little bastard, Bob.
2: I quite like it, but I don't like the B, the B word being used too much, so can you use it sparingly?
1: You dirty little bastard, Mortimer.
2: All right, can we start this podcast? Now I don't like it, no. Right, I was just thought I'd try it out. Just
1: Honestly. I want to introduce a different way of sort of starting this thing.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm, you're not going to sigh then?
1: No, not this week. No, because
2: no. well, I was going to ignore your sigh. You oh, know, right, like, okay. just like, I've got,
1: I've got to. A- <laughs>
2: Oh, I'm ignoring that side because right. um, I think sometimes it's the best. Te- I've got a, wa- a really strange noise coming from my washing machine at the moment. Right? Um, have you brought and it in I'm... with you today? Sorry, have you brought it in with you? But the washing machine. Yeah. No, I brought my washing, not my washing <laughs> machine. Um, no, it's and my boiler's got a strange noise, but I ignore them and life goes on. Do you know what best I mean? not
1: do. It's ag- not to ignore the signs.
2: Are you ignoring any problems in your life at the moment? All of
1: them. Unopened letters.
2: Did you do that, shit? Oh
1: God, yeah. Why open a letter? But you feel so good if you open them. You don't, not when you read what's inside. Oh, if right. you deal with what's inside, you can feel good.
2: But, yeah, but Andy, you, too one too of those I letters love. might contain like, um, as a valued customer of Lidl, yeah. you can come round this Friday and do one of those supermarket rushes.
1: Oh, imagine that. Great. They'd, have, they'd have the Lidl logo on the outside though, it would, it would be flashed up, wouldn't it, you'd know.
2: Would you rather can I test your test how much you would like a supermarket rush by saying, Would you prefer a thousand pounds cash or a half hour supermarket rush? A half hour. Half hour. Well oh, yeah. take the
1: rush. Really? Take the rush if it's half hour. That's a lot of rushing though. It's a lot of energy to expend.
2: Yeah, for you. You could
1: probably get.
2: Well you could buy some tit oil whilst you're doing it, well, yeah, you? yeah.
1: I would be buying it, it'd it be free, wouldn't it? Well, I, just, yeah. I just i just i <laughs> just gravitate straight at the tit oil. See a I couple got... of trolley. With a trolley on each arm and just pile it all in. That's a lifetime supply there. I suppose that... Two I, minutes. I was watching The Jungle
2: last night, and Martin...
1: Oh, Childish Martin.
2: Five-year-old Martin. He, um... Is his luxury item that he took into the jungle. Tit oil? Well, no. <laughs> uh, um, talcum powder. Right. But I think you and I know... What
1: talcum powder? Yeah. Who, who uses talcum powder in 2016?
2: I think he puts it under his breasts yeah. to stop ch- chaffing, chaffing. I would.
1: I'd either oil them right up or, or talcum up.
2: Two thousand pounds are a supermarket dash.
1: How long's the dash?
2: One it's a half hour dash. Three minutes again. Yeah. That's on the cusp, that that's, that's on difficult?
1: The cusp. I I you know what? I'd probably take the money, but I'd spend it all in little. Right. Have you seen the have you seen the uh duck the, the duck and pancakes? Duck um, and pancakes and the, and the hoisin sauce so two ninety nine. I thought you were gonna two ninety nine That is
2: amazing, isn't but it? How much duck though is the rate? Is it just you get like a lot of duck? Yeah. You
1: get a lot of duck, do you get big the cu- chunk of duck.
2: Do you get the cucumber and the spring onions yep. with it? You do Yep. You're kidding me on I'm that. I'm not. Night. This is at Lidl.
1: Yep. Shit, man. 2 It's Lobster Saturday there tomorrow as well. <laughs> you know, we've got Black Friday. The it's Lobster Saturday. They've been tweeting about it earlier on.
2: So, what are you going to get? Have lobster parnaboo or something? Do you know how
1: much of the lobsters
2: are, Bob? Right. You're going to tell me then sixpence or something. Two ninety nine well what is it a lobster or is it just a fat worm that they've cooked do you know what i mean
1: they're advertising as a lobster i don't think they'd break the law
2: well you wouldn't question it would you right so it's time for you to choose a name andy i think go on then um i'm offering you carol management she's a nice lass private school big calves carol management (laughs) right um flute mctoot now i've got a little spring in step because it's just fun he's a fun name right yeah um that's what flute Fluke McToot is all about fun, 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 and occasional bit of shoplifting. Yeah. Do you, do you like Fluke McToot?
1: Fluke McToot's good. It's he, he, got a comic relief feel to it.
2: Exactly.
1: <laughs> Organised jollity in the office.
2: Desmond Rice. Now he's academic, tweed, well dressed, yeah? yeah. Divorced, he collects blood.
1: <laughs> bit too close to home, that one. <laughs> okay.
2: Here's the one I imagine you're going to go for comic book Andy The Spiral Wire. Oh yeah, he's got the ability to uh, to achieve extreme length and thinness and round, wrap himself around enemies. Oh, so or you can be Ronnie Hot Dog.
1: Physically, I'm not going to struggle with the spiral wire. Oh I I'm no, you look don't look at the state of. Don't worry about that. Could I transform myself? It's it? Yeah, I'm I'm going to go with Fluke McToup because it might just put a bit of a uh, a, bit of pep a bit of pep. in, pep in the, in the uu- podcast. In the usual depressive output. Okay, you can wouldn't. I just, um, can I just? Um, can I? Of course check your credentials and do the memory man thing yes, have for quite a while.
2: Is it football memory? It's retail related. It um,
1: Excuse me, at what point, 1980s though. retail. What?
2: All right, I'll have a go at right, 1980s the retail. You see,
1: perked up there, didn't so you? So
2: I need to set myself up first and say, yes, I know everything there is to know about 1980s retail. Well,
1: we'll see about that. Hit me. Here we go. Do you remember what was on page 215 of the 1986 Christmas Argos catalogue, page two one five. Suck on your crack pipe there. Yes, you do. Yes, I do. I do. That was tough. Wow, fantastic stuff. That was Yet again, tough. you remain undefeated. In the arena of the memory man. Would you like to um would you like to say piss at this point, Bob? Yeah, of course I would. Go on. Piss. Thank you very much.
2: But um, with that beginning, I think we've used our quarter of uh, rude words, Andy. Please. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Oh
1: right. That... Do you know what I
2: mean? Hey, I haven't used me do you know what I mean, Andy? Do you know what I mean, though?
1: You dirty little bastard, Bob. Oh, stop it.
2: Do you wanna talk are you willing to talk about Christmas this week? No, not yet, it's too soon. Um so what do you do for Christmas? You, just, I just
1: said I wasn't going to talk about well, Christmas. Well,
2: I want to talk no. about, do you get crackers? Right, do you get crackers? I go nuts, yeah. See, <laughs> see it's Fruit McToot, ladies and gentlemen. Do you, do you get crackers? Yeah
1: <laughs> Bonkers, me, Fruit McToot.
2: <laughs> or do you just put a chicken dipper in a bog roll and wrap it in crepe paper?
1: Um, do I have to answer this? Yeah. I'd rather not.
2: Okay, next Christmas. I'll answer, I'll answer it in December. Well, my next Christmas question, right. I'm not going to ask you more because you're not going to cooperate, but do you put both bars of your electric fire on at Christmas, on, say, Christmas Day, or only if your cooking has made someone ill?
1: Um, I'll, go, I'll go two bars on Boxing Day. I'll go the second bar on Boxing Day. Okay. But otherwise, no, just one Thank bar. Thank you, a bit of luxury there
2: in the McTout household.
1: In me There's nothing wrong with me cooking. Isn't there? No. Do you leave a chicken dipper
2: and a glass of monster drink out for <sighs> Santa? Yes.
1: <laughs> yes, if that keeps you happy. Yes.
2: As you know, Robson, he's been trying to meet Rafa Benitez for a long time now. It just hasn't happened. He stopped singing. He stopped fishing for monster fish. Oh. In fact, Andy, he's. St- started not believing in monsters of any kind, right? This Rafa thing... Got the
1: blues, hasn't he? Got
2: a real obsession. So, after the last debacle, when Mark let off a nail bomb in the Outlet Centre, yeah. Robson had decided to ditch Mark as his way in to Raffa and find another way. Now, Mark doesn't know about this so he's just out in the garden last week measuring the gaps between the planks on his fence like yeah. to see that they haven't moved at all expanded or shrunk due to damp or whatever and barbara comes out uh into the garden and she says mark so i'll do barbara's voice mark and he says what is it barbara oh shit um, what is it barbara there's a message on your phone from robson Oh, that's great. I've not heard from him for a while.
1: Oh, that's great. I've not heard from him for a while.
2: Maybe he wants to meet up, says Barbara. Hmm? Oh, I do hope so. I was a bit worried he was mad at me. He's my best friend I've ever had. Oh, I do hope so.
1: I was a bit worried he was mad at me, but he's the best friend I've ever had.
2: So he listens to the message, right, and it's from, um, from Robson. Yeah, Lawrenson, you useless bastard, it's Robson here. I can't forgive you for what happened at the Oodlet Centre when you scared off Rafa Benitez with your can of nails. I don't want to see you no more. I reckon if I keep hanging out with you, I'll never meet Rafa Benitez. Goodbye. Whoa. Mark's got a total lot of shock on his face. Like that time he put unleaded in his high undo instead of diesel. And Barbara says, what is it, love? It's Robson Green, he doesn't want to be my friend anymore.
1: It's Robson Green, he doesn't want to be my friend anymore.
2: Barbara says, but, no, there must be some mistake. No, he called me a useless bastard. It's over.
1: No, he called me a useless bastard. It's over.
2: And he turns away and starts measuring the fence gaps again. Tears in his eyes. Two millimetres. Yeah. Two millimetres. Two millimetres. Two millimetres.
1: 2.5 millimetres. 2.5 millimetres.
2: Oh, heck, good job I checked.
1: Oh, heck, it's good job I checked.
2: Meanwhile, Robson has secured a meeting at Shine TV where Anton and Deck make their shows, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's pitching a show where he goes out with a hammer, yeah, and hunts <laughs> for stuff in the woods, right? <laughs> and the truth is he's hoping to meet Anton Deck so they can get him in yeah. with Rafa Benitez. Back in the garden... Mark's took his trousers and underpants off and hidden himself, crouched behind a rabbit hutch, right? He's sanding off some of the rough corners with his left hand and with his right hand, he's massaging his arse and his anus. <laughs> with a Belinda wipe, right? <laughs> he's got a problem. You know those daft black ants? You know the ones that, that are big and then they fly off? Oh, yeah. Yeah, them ones. Yeah. Suddenly his phone rings and it's Rafa. In his arm. He's, no, they're, all, they're just crawling around on his, right. on, his on his bottom.
1: But.
2: And Rafa says, hey, Mark, my friend, I'm just in the area. Mind if I pop in for a visit? <laughs> right? Oh, yes, that would be lovely, Rafa. Mind if I invite a friend?
1: Oh, that would be lovely, Rafa. Mind if I invite a friend? Not that at all. I'll
2: be half an hour. I promise. No football talk. I promise, Rafa. I'll dig out a word search and I'll ask Barbara to play her trumpet.
1: I promise, Rafa. I'll dig out a word search and I'll ask Barbara to play a trumpet.
2: Gracious, says Rafa. So Mark gets straight on the phone to Robson, but he doesn't answer because back at Shine TV, he's just seen Ant and Deck walking into the office carrying the suitcases. Ant spots him, comes walking over, just as one of his secretaries tells Robson, I've just had a message from Mark Lawrence. He says Rafa is on his way round. Come over quick. Hiya, Robson, says Ant, but Robson has made his mind up. Well, I'm sorry, Ant, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to sorry, look, I've got to, I've got to meet Rafa Benitez. So back at Mark's, Rafa and his security bloke and Mark are stood up listening to Barbara play um, Moonshadow on a trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> stood up? Yeah. Mark sees Robson, pull, yeah, stood up, yeah. Mark right. sees Robson pull up and beckons him in. Beckons him, come on, come on, Robson.
1: Come on, come on, Robson. Come on, come on, Robson.
2: Robson stands there and he's, he's beside himself. He says, oh, Mr. Benitez, you're my absolute fucking hero, man. I would really like to be your friend. <laughs> well, at this point, all these ants right now with the wings start pouring out of the Belinda wipe that Mark left on his sofa, right? Rafa thinks they're like miniature ISIS drones and his security man <laughs> does one of those moves where you jump and bounce off the wall. Right, yeah. Do you know them special yeah, yeah. moves and he toe-ends Robson right on his tits and then he rushes out with Rafa and once again it's a disaster for oh, Robson shit. Yeah, oh no what a total bastard disaster mess I sometimes think I'll never get to meet Rafa and Mark puts his arm round him and says stop droning on about it
1: stop droning on about
2: it that's not the answer
1: that's not the ant, sir. <laughs> oh, fuck off, you miserable dozy prick.
2: And he eye-foots it back to shine as quick as he can. He gets in there, out of breath. Sorry, I just wondered if Anton Deck were still here. No, Robson, you've missed them. They've just flown off to the jungle. Oh, no. no. That's not the ant, sir. No. That's Mark's joke, if you yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? I think
1: we got that when I did it originally it's, um, it's bad one? news again for Robson Green I'd like to know more about his hammer yeah it's a and, show in the woods I that mean I imagine
2: imagine he attacks I suppose squirrel deer and stuff smacks him with his hammer wood crabs yeah them I mean they're everywhere aren't they yeah. probably throws his hammer at them yeah so what have you got for us Andy um,
1: I thought at this point I could do a little yes no game with you because I know you enjoy
2: well I never said I enjoy them, but go on judging
1: and in things according to yes or no here we go um, yes or no Bob Five cats, yes, three dogs, no, five dogs, no, three cats, yes, both of Kim Jong Un's knackers.
2: Oh, <sighs> because I'm sorry, Andy, I knew that would coming in because it would be his knacker knackers yes, yes, sack, knacker yes. ah, sack, um, yes, yes, or no, uh, no, right, okay, one out of five, only one out of five, I, bet, one out of five. I reckon it was the three cats.
1: We'll never know, will we? Can we um, pop across to our correspondent, the Secret Soccer Superstar?
2: Love to. What's he on See about this he's, week? Been,
1: he's on about trying to get a transfer, putting in a transfer request.
3: Okay, let's have a listen. So here we go. It's not easy getting a transfer, which is probably a good thing. Back when I was a top, top player, you had to write out an essay giving all the reasons why you wanted to leave the club. And you had to have four good reasons. You couldn't just put, I don't like the strip we're playing, or the goalkeeper stinks of fags. They don't count those as good reasons. Then you had to do a drawing of yourself playing football but with a sad expression on your face and submit it to the chairman. And you had to draw it yourself too. For a while, players would get professional artists in to do their pictures for them but the FA clamped down on it and started making you do the drawing in front of your manager. One time I put a transfer request in in a hurry and I did myself as a stick man hitting a wall. I got three months on loan at Bristol City as a punishment. Bastards. Oh, mm-hmm. and okay. now
2: it's a clue there though Bristol City on loan. Well, that's
3: one of the.
1: Yeah, there we go. That's a piece of the jigsaw in place, isn't it?
2: Okay. Unless Newcastle and appeared at loan. Who said
1: Newcastle? When did he say Newcastle?
2: Oh, I'm making an assumption there. He's just aren't got it? that
1: accent. I think it's a North East accent, is it?
2: Yeah, it does. No, I think it is. Yeah, that. Yeah. Um, so all right. So born
1: my- there, like Mickey Hazard was born in Sunderland, but never played for Sunderland. Yeah, he played for Spurs and Chelsea. So that could be.
2: That could be the yeah. All right, interesting. I'm just wondering. I'm wondering if it's Adam Johnson. You know, looking, trying to word himself I, across. So. Right.
1: Um, I don't like to confirm or deny who it is, but yeah. can I just confirm that it isn't it's Adam, Adam Johnson? Johnson. Okay. No, it's not Adam Johnson.
2: It's time for Gangs of the EPL. EPL <laughs> 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 Right, well, I promised I'd tell you about Harry Kane getting sent home from the England camp last week. Yeah, All the players were staying at that posh hotel at St George's near Burton-on-Trent, Yeah, where they get beer water from. You've been there, have you? To the posh hotel. Yeah. Now, being Burton-on-Trent...
1: That's less of an impressive answer, really.
2: Yeah, a way match in the uh, League Cup. We won uh, 2-1 or 1-0 or 2-0, I can't remember. God,
1: I asked. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> anyway, Harry, Harry kanes he's in a room next to Eric Dyer, get their own rooms now, you know. Not, Does he not share nah, anymore? No, don't share that's anymore. A,
1: that's a bad thing, I think.
2: But of course, the White Arts gang are three down, um, um, two down, aren't they? No, they're three down, of course, because yep. Debbie didn't get in the squad, yep. he's injured, and you haven't got um, Vertonghen or Toby, they're not there, but luckily... For them, for their peace of mind, Theo Walcott was the only Arsenal player there. Right. So Harry, to be honest with you, he wants to have it out with him, wants to confront him whilst he's on his own. I mean, that's a bit of a shit shithouse, but I'm just... That's the way it is, you know what I mean? So at dinner that night, they follow Theo into the toilets. And they burst in and Theo's uh, just stood there staring at himself in the mirror. Harry says... If you stare at that mirror much longer, Theo Walcott, it will crack because you're so stupid looking like. Yeah. So Theo it's turns around. Yeah. He says, um, Oh, if it isn't Mr. Chinny and his sidekick Eric, what have you come in here for? Kissing a cuddle in the cubicles. Take take a photograph. Why don't you? Last a lot longer. <laughs> Harry says, Well, what a rude thing to say. That's just what I would expect from a peaky gooner. But there is only one of you, so you had better watch out. Theo says, So what are you going to do? Are you going to chin me to death? Harry says, Right, that is very upsetting thing to say, alluding to my misshapen chin. It's not my fault, and my mum says it makes my face interesting. Eric says, I've heard you've been spreading the rumours that I have an undersized Johnson. That is very unfair and not necessarily accurate. You need to check your facts, Theo says. I've heard it's like a toffee hammer handle when it's, when it's on the bunk, but at least that's, at least that's better than Chinny, the matchstick man, Harry says. Right, that's it. I've had enough of your gutter talk. Do it, Eric. So Eric gets a teaspoon, he's took off the table out of his pocket, and he throws it at Theo, and it's Theo on the arm. Harry says, ha ha, not so cocky now, and you don't have your mates to help you, do you give in? Theo says, no I don't, it didn't even hurt that much, it just sort of glanced off. And then Theo puts his hand in the sink and scoops up some water, right, and throws it at him. Take that, White heart, That is unclean water. I've washed my hands in it. I bet that's not very nice. Harry said, no, it's not very nice at all. They're a bit distressing. Let's get him, Eric. And they start to move towards Theo, right? So just at that moment, a cubicle opens and out comes Jack Wiltshire in his Peaky Gooners gear. He stubs out a cigarette on the floor. And he says, if you want to fight Theo, then you have to get past me first. And I am not even joking. I swear, don't even think about it. I'm a little power pack. Because you'll remember he had his deal with James Arthur that he had to work for the peakies, even though he's at Bournemouth. Do you remember that? And, of course, Jack's in the squad. Stay out of this, Jack. Your arse is far too bulky for fighting and I am very surprised at you smoking when you know the damage it can can cause to your body. Jack says, I wasn't even smoking, I swear. Someone left it in there, I was just putting it out. Well, I'm not fighting both of you. Our gripe is with Walcott. We will just have to wait till you have gone to your room to phone your mum or something like that. This point, another cubicle opens and out comes Wade Rooney. Right? Wade says, All right, lads, I wouldn't. G- I can't do scouting. All right, lads, I wouldn't go in there if I was you. I just spewed up a poor bottle of Disserano and a pack of pork pies from the wedding do. I think it's time you went to bed, Wade. You're setting a rotten example to the younger players, which is very upsetting. So Wade leaves. As he's leaving, he pops his head around the door. He says, Hey, watch it, lads. The boss is coming. So Eric. Hearing that, he just sits on the floor and starts rocking, right? Theo starts pretending to wash his face. Jack just takes his trousers down and starts, <laughs> starts squeezing a big spot on his fat ass. And Harry runs into a cubicle. So Gareth comes in here, Hey, what's, uh, what's going on here, lads? Jack. Absolutely nothing, boss, and I absolutely swear I haven't even seen or noticed anything in the last 24 hours. I promise, boss, and I am not even lying. (laughs) Suddenly, Gareth, hears the sound of someone spewing up in the cubicle. Who's spewing up on international duty, says Gareth. Come out of there with your hands up. That's the correct procedure. Yeah. Is what he means. Comes out with your hands up. Out comes Harry. Listen, Mr Southgate, it's not what you think. Wade Rody used the toilet just before me and he spewed up a the pork pies and then put a layer of quick todd on top. I couldn't stop myself spewing, which is something I very rarely do and it has upset me very much. <laughs> Gareth says, I can smell smoke in here as well. And am Disarano. I didn't expect this of you, Harry. and trying to blame Wade Rooney, who's a model professional. I want you out of this squad immediately. I'll have a car ready for you in 10 minutes. Ooh. Turns to Theo. Hey, Theo, you can have his place against Spain and it's nice to see you keeping your face clean. Facial hygiene is very important to me. Right, Gareth leaves. Theo and Jack laugh their heads off and Eric's just left there rocking on the floor. And that is the end of the... That's the story of KBC. why. TBC. Well, that's the end of the, the explanation of why he was sent home. Did you think it, that story was a little bit like Woody Allen's film Midnight in Paris? Oh, not really.
1: No, not at all. No, not at all. No, it didn't
2: no. have a lot of Paris, <laughs> Paris, like no, skyline curious. in it. Uh,
1: although the unclean water, unclean water, there's some there's some of that in Paris isn't there. In yeah, the, in the scene.
2: I think that's a, that's a, some sort of yeah, metaphor. There's probably there.
1: more of a connection there. You've mentioned that, so I'll, can I change my answer to yes? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I nice. find it to be a lot like Midnight, Midnight in, in Paris. Paris, the Woody yeah. Allen film. Um, I don't think that there would be quite so much of a, a, a focus on unclean water if players still shared a room. What do you think?
2: Yeah, it's a, and perhaps not as many illnesses as well if yeah. they got themselves more used to bacteria. Some of the and FA stuff. I should
1: probably think about well, right to the FA about that.
2: I mean, football now it's all about child management, isn't it?
1: basically and to yeah. be honest with you it's yeah. like a freaking
2: crash in it yeah. <laughs> probably the next we've got the more caring managers now with the clops and that yeah you know probably it'll the next lot won't come from um interpreters like marino and stuff it'll come from this, this uh, education it'll be headmasters i, I can imagine
1: yeah the, the probably next england manager is probably going to be like super nanny yeah or someone like or that, or someone
2: who's turned around the worst at, uh, academy school in britain yeah i'll get, he'll, he'll get yeah. the job or the channel like 4 that.
1: documentary sort of thing Footballers in the Wild, we've had a few more of those in from, from people that us Red on Twitter. Heel. Tommy in Isleworth says, I saw Neil Warnock behind the decks at an Essex warehouse party spinning grooves under his pseudonym DJ Evil Horse. D- uh, Neil Warnock? Neil Warnock. Nice. Um, fat Deal from London says, uh, I saw Bakary Sackle redeeming a balloon voucher as given to him by his teammates for his birthday. Nice. Doesn't see where that was though, so I think I might have made that up. And Shayler in Wolverhampton says, I just saw Saido Barahino wandering around Birmingham City Centre wearing a muscle vest and shouting, Big Boy coming through out of a microphone. <laughs>
2: so, What's happened to Barahino?
1: Well, he's just doing that, isn't he? So he's he just wandering just around Birmingham, Birmingham in, in a muscle there. vest, shouting stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you've got any more sightings of footballers in the wild, you know, get in touch with us and we'll, we'll ignore them and then make some up ourselves. <laughs> I just wanted to explain why I was slightly late this morning, because I kept you waiting before I got here, because I came down from Sunderland this morning.
2: I just assumed it was because of your slow waddle, you hadn't allowed enough time.
1: Well, I usually factor that in. Oh, right. I got got up that past three. Waddle factor. Yeah. But I came down on the early train, and I got off at King's Cross. Right. Waddled across to St Pancras, because the toilets are free in there, but they're not free in King's Cross. So um, I went in from a Borthwick. What's you know, a Bothwick? No, Are you not familiar know. with a Bothwick? No. It's, like, it's like the opposite of the Chadwick. It's the first, ah, the first piss of the day of the Bothwick. Yeah. So it was quite early. I was the only one in there, and um, guess who was mopping the floor?
2: Um, Allardyce. No. Um, I'll give you a clue. His voice went. Soon you. That is Je- Jeremy Corbyn. Jeremy Corbyn. Jeremy Corbyn. was in the St
1: Pancras doing a bit of volunteer work. Ah. That's so I thought. Right. Soon so, so, uh, you. On the CCTV in here, numerous times. No questions. I says, what, what, what are you doing? What are you doing in here? Mopping the floor. He says, I'm undercover. Shut your face, laddie. Mm. I says, uh, Are you by yourself then? Where's, where's Billy Bragg? He's gone for a shit. All uh, right. Now, this is a bit weird because last time I encountered them, they were setting up some kind of creative agency, him and Billy Bragg.
2: Yes, they were, weren't they? They going for the John Lewis account. They were going
1: ad, for the wasn't. John Lewis account, so. Uh, I don't know what they're doing in the bogs yeah. at St Pancras. So Billy Bragg kicks the, the bog door open and yeah. comes out. And he says, yeah, I'll give it 10 minutes if I were you, Jess." It's what I like to call an ideological shift. Right. So um, Corbyn says, uh, tell him why we're here, Bill. Tell him. Bragg says, uh, we're doing the, uh, the campaign for a new DIY DNA kit. You take a swab from your used underpants, and it links you up on the database with possible family matches. This sounds a bit implausible. Like, I don't yeah. know why that's got anything to do with being in the toilets. Family finding so. Family finding, like DNA, like, you know, who do you think you are? And all that's sort, oh, that sort of like family tree shit.
2: So you could take a swab off an you old f- artefact and see if you were linked to it.
1: Just take a swab from your pants once you've worn them, and then you send it off to the to the company and they do a DNA search against their database and see if they've got anybody else with the same underpant DNA, and they can match it up with long-lost family members. All right. right. So um, that's what they're doing. Corbin says, what do you think's the best idea for that then, laddie? Go on, for promo purposes, what's your best one? I says, what, what, What? Hey, what? He goes, five, four, three, <laughs> two, one, one and a half, zero! What's your best one? I said, whoa, mm-hmm. whoa, hang on, you've gone from two to one and then back to one and a half. Yeah, that's that's no, that doesn't work. That's no good. She says, oh, you fucker. I'll do it again. Five, four, three, two, one. What's your best one? I says, yeah, uh, who do you think you are? That's my name, right? Yeah, Either for the quick. company or for like a catchphrase for it or something like that. He says, you Tory bastard. Billy Bragg says, yeah, we could take him out on the boat, Jess. Let's take him out on the boat. Corbin says, don't talk about the fucking boat, Bill. Don't mention the fucking boat. So I don't know what that's about. He's maybe on the edge, isn't he? Maybe doesn't. they run like a Pleasure Cruiser company or something. Maybe. In the summer or that. So I just made my excuses and left at that point. Uh, um, so. so that company that they're talking about, the DNA thing, yeah. they're, they're going to do some promo PR Radio. stuff. For.
2: It's not terrible, idea, they?
1: You know what? I've made it up. I've been emailing them. <laughs> I made the whole thing up being emailing them. They but, think it's a real thing. Fucking isn't. Also, you put the idea yeah over. I've put the idea in their inbox because yeah. I know they're not getting any work for this creative agency they're doing so you're manipulating using... the yeah so the last laugh's on me this time it's like, like, like post factual world it's in. post I'm truth like, it's, post it's the post truth world that we're in before we end and we do your Scottish song can yeah. I just ask you a quick question of course who, you can who, who reaches up for stuff in your house because obviously you're quite short. Well, I'm,
2: I'll be perfectly honest with you, Andy. I've got a backlog of cereal in my highest cupboard and I lay them on the side going upwards. Right. And I really like um, shredded wheat and oat crunchies. Yeah, and, Um you I can't... I, and the oat crunchies are at the top and I, could, I had to ask my wife to reach them for us the other day.
1: Right. What would you do if she was away or out? Or just not interested? Like, well, which, which celebrity would you ring up and get to come round and reach up for something for you?
2: Um... I've asked, uh, oh, no, what i do is, is I'd, I, I would just get someone round to... You wouldn't to,
1: starve, would you?
2: No, well, I could take a lower cereal, like a Weetabix, or my wife has got some, like, you know, nutty ones and alpeny ones. I don't right. really... I, uh, I would get a little power pack round, like a Wiltshire or a Bronnie yeah. Corbett or whatever.
1: Bronnie Corbett's dead man.
2: Is, is he? Yeah. He called dead?
1: I think we mentioned it in an earlier podcast. Oh, sorry. Oh, well, he just feels like he's still with us. But, but What, we're going to a human pyramid or something? No, we'll just to, get to fetch a chair for me. Who, who on the top, that little fella from Star Wars. <laughs> the Ewok. Andy, I'm, I'm, Andy sorry, I'm, I'm
2: doing an Andy Dawson because I'm going to say, no, I wouldn't get anyone round. I'd move a chair over and use it
1: to help me reach up. As the doctor said you could do that? Yeah, I could do that. <sighs> risky, risky. All right, fair enough. And so, that's about it. Have you got a Scottish song for us um, to end in proceedings?
2: Yeah, well, you know I've always got a Scottish song. Oh, you do, you do. <clears throat> I think this one, now this one, I thought I'd change it a bit this week and make it about a lassie, yeah, oh. instead of a fella, because there's a whole different set of rules on the island for the lasses. so it's about time we found out about them. Definitely. This is the tale of Mary MacDougall. Mary was the youngest daughter of Thomas MacDougall, a farmer held in high regard on the island as its sole producer of turnips and sugar beets. Mary had inherited from her father an arse as wide as a sheep is long, but had plenty tit upstairs to compensate for any imbalance. Her skin was ruddy and well-tempered, due to a weekly soak in a tub of turnip water heated to lukewarm but no further. It was the week of her eighteenth birthday, the date on which she must become the bride of the island laird, her duty to serve him both in toil and passion, her fate to never leave the laird's castle and bathe in sweet turnip water again. It was Mary's duty to forgo her freedom or suffer the pain of forced labour in the caves neath the island. All other lasses had forbear the same fate, but Mary was no ordinary lass. Mary dreamed of escaping to the mainland, the bustling artisan coffee shops with bearded proprietors, housing estates with no through roads where a traveller's only option was to make a three point turn if sucked into its grip. Wi-Fi hotspots available for free on the registration of a few simple details. She saw herself rushing to the 24-hour copy shop in Stranraer to obtain a large photocopy of her favourite dog to hang on the wall of her new accommodation. When asked what size she required, the laddie would blush as a request for a big one though it would be clear from his awkward stance that he was possessed of a long and stout personal pipe. (laughs) There was only one plan that could see her dreams fulfilled, and that was to murder the laird. (laughs) But the laird was guarded 24 hours a day by Petmere, a beast part wolfhound, part pig, and part generic animal, but worst of all reputed to have... The face of Ollie Mers <gasps> The face of Ollie Mers The face of Ollie Mers But in this respect Mary had immunity, for she, unlike most of her race, had no fear of Mers. In fact she was rather warm to the idea of taking the weight off his knackerback. Her plan was simple, on the night of their betrothal, she would hide a dagger in her girdle and plunge it into his heart as he clambered upon her. If need be, she could dispose of the beast Petmere by the same design. The night arrived and the laird clambered around her endless behind to position himself aside her. She could hear the rhythmic breath of Petmere beneath the bed, and she knew that she must be swift and certain in her attack. The laird spoke, I'm about to rise up and clamber upon you. "'Should you refuse or impart any negative signs towards the act, "'you will be fed to the beast. Do you understand?' "'Aye, I do,' whispered Mary. "'The laird made a sudden move towards her girdle, "'and Mary found herself frozen as his hand chanced upon the dagger. "'He lifted it to the light and pronounced her fate. "'This one is for you, mare Show her no mercy.' Mary turned her head to address her fate, and what she saw killed her from shock in an instant. (laughs) The beast did no have the face of Ollie Merce. no it was far more dastardly. It had the face of Honey G. (laughs) The face of Honey G, the face of Honey G. So there you go, that's an, another bad, oh. bad fit for the... So the girls on the island, they have to, on their 18th birthday, obviously have to marry the laird and live in his castle.
1: Yeah. But, but then they she dream. died. Yeah, Everyone's sorry. dying on that island.
2: Up to now, yeah, up to now. But uh, I've heard rumours of an escape. Oh, um, I hope so, because they haven't
1: had a lot of luck, have they?
2: Okay then, Andy. Well, you'll need to waddle off into uh, London.
1: Yeah, well, my train's not for another three and a half hours, but it's going to take me that long by the time I drag my fat carcass through the streets. Yeah,
2: I'm um, going to go back to my home. I've got um, three boxes of peanut brittle, American peanut brittle, right, to get through. Um, and I've got a quite a nice selection of cheeses, which I'm not allowed to eat, but I'm going to compensate by having a piece of cheese and then a statin (laughs) and then another piece of cheese and then a statin and so on. (laughs) It's no life, is it? Well, I hope that, um, I hope that you enjoy your time whilst I'm on tour.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, we might meet up at some point. Maybe. While you're on the road or we might hear from you.
2: Yeah. If people are interested, that you know there's still a few tickets knocking about in some That venues. doesn't surprise me? No, well it wouldn't surprise you any. <laughs> um the especially down south west. No, yeah Portsmouth, Plymouth, Cornwall. Bournemouth. I think there's a couple of tickets left at Blackpool, but yeah. if anyone fancies going it's worth a look. Yeah, you would say that, wouldn't you? No, no, it's worth a look to see if you can get tickets. Oh, right. You know. And then forget about it. Yeah, and then say, oh, yeah. did you know there was tickets available? <laughs> yeah. And have a I smog- didn't
1: fancy going myself because, <laughs> but, you know,
2: and it's 2016. You, I bet you look all the time so you can have a little smug smile on your face and say, oh, they haven't sold that out then. Yeah. have sold all, that out yeah. then. Well,
1: I've bought lots of them, you see.
2: Yeah, and you're just not. And bought, I'm just not turning not up. So turning there'll be up.
1: rows of empty seats at the front at each of the shows.
2: Yeah. Well, it suits me. I
1: might turn up myself and just sit right front and centre and just sit with my arms folded and go, right, fucking impress me then, come on.
2: No, you just shout,
1: pardon, pardon, (laughs) pardon. Yeah, so I'll see you there. See ya. Bye.